Brought to you by Finery Stone. He's fit and ready to go. In good form. And he blasts away. Here's your host, Dave Stanley. Yeah, good morning. Welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday and looking forward to our first Punters Postmortem of the year on this 15th of January. Hopefully everyone had a great... uh Weekend, what a weekend it was with uh, all the different racing happening around the country. We're going to have our panel of experts join me very soon Michael Maxworthy, David Gately, and Chris Roots. And we're going to take your calls as well on 135353 if you want to be a part of the program or on the text line 0419 272. Do you think that was the best Magic Millions winner you have ever seen? We want to hear your thoughts. Give us a call. Uh, and get involved with the program. There was some great racing in Sydney as well uh, at Rose Hill. What about the record broken uh, there by uh, by that winner of uh, the big race, of course, with Jet Stanley and Annabelle Neesham. Uh, that was uh, unbelievable, the time in which they ran. And for those that uh, missed that on the weekend, if you're going back through your results of Saturday's racing at Rose Hill, well, you need to go to uh, one of the middle races of the day because it was the January Cup, a listed race over 2,000 metres. And Naval College has run 159.11, breaking a, a record that has stood there at Rose Hill for many, many years. Uh, so Naval College wins and wins well. And great ride from Jet Stanley as well, just stalking the speed there. And that horse definitely in the last couple of starts has uh, has continued to improve. So High Clare have got a really nice horse. As I mentioned our panel today, Chris Roots, Michael Maxworthy and David Gately. I might go to Gator first to say good morning to you. Welcome back to the program, mate. Great to have you on Sky Racing 1 on the weekend. And where did that win of Stormboy rank for you in Magic Millions winners? Well, good morning to you and, and the team and punters. Yes, uh, bring on 2024 and it feels like another carnival's on our doorstep and it is. Um, but to answer your question, I mean, to the eye... Uh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Absorbing all that pressure and, and still racing away and as strong as anything through the line. I mean, that sort of uh, depth of speed endurance is elite areas for um, for any athlete. Um, and when you're running quicker time than a proper horse, older horse in King of Sparta, albeit off a faster first half, uh, you, you know, if those races were run together, he would have beat King of Sparta, wouldn't he? So um, it's no matter how you slice it, whether it's eye, clock, um, it was elite. It, it was sensational. Uh, Chris Roots joins us from the Sydney Morning Herald. Chris, you were there on track. You were at the Gold Coast all last week. Uh, obviously, uh, a big moment too for Adam Hieronymus. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And um, got the job done. But realistically, um, did it ever look at, like getting beat? Once once um, the Mashani horse dropped off, Mashani Ego, it um, was left in front a long way in long way out out and Stormboy just basically kicked away and spoke to Blake Shin after the race and he said coming to the turn I thought I had it had it covered and he said within three strides the race was over basically so um that gives you some idea idea of how how good their winner went and the gaps in the field you don't see that too often. I think you'll see Highness probably kick on towards a slipper or a blue diamond and be pretty competitive. So, you know, it's um He's a worthy slipper favourite now, and the horse that was sold in the bar is um, on its way to maybe becoming uh, a fairy tale story this carnival this year. Michael Maxworthy joins us as well. Maxie, you've covered many Magic Millions. So, what did you make of Stormboy? Good morning to you. Yeah, well, he was the $2 favourite, so he was uh, clearly the horse 
that had the right form with those two dominant wins, uh, doing it at both ends, in particular the BJ McLaughlin, where he, he didn't get the best of starts when he struck the petition out of the gate. And he didn't begin that well on Saturday as well, but he is a big strapping colt. But once he gets into stride, you could see him looming up, doing a bit of work there and, and then putting them away fairly quickly. The putter's got it right, Dave. Uh, the top five home with the top five in the market. There was a fairly lengthy tail to it after those top five horses. But uh, get, making comparisons, probably the horse that goes closest is, is in more recent times, 2016, I think, in Capitalist, who started uh, the hot favourite. He might have been $1.40 or $1.50, but he absolutely blitzed them as well and then went on to win the Golden Slipper. So... Yes, uh, he was certainly the talk of the town storm boy on Saturday. Before we get into dissecting other runners from the race, let's hear what uh, some of the beaten jocks had to say in the uh, Magic Millions two-year-old classic. She ran okay. Um, big step up in grade for a second start, but she'll be okay. Poster girl, Robbie Dollar. Yeah, ran home really good. Um, very honest effort. It's very hard to run them down when they're quicking up that well in front. She's a Chiquita, Damien Thornton. Uh, nice mile and next prep. Territory Ash, Michael Rod. Yeah, she was really good. Um, she just got a long way back, which is sort of what we had to do to try and get her to see if she could hit the line, and she finished off really well. She's very honest. Sammy Collett, Mashani Ego. Yeah, she's obviously had to do a lot of work to cross from that wide draw, and has probably just felt um, the effects of recent racing. Jenny Meadows. She's ran well, I think, over at 1,200 metres. She was just a bit close to her top, so she didn't quite quicken off the bend, but to her credit, she kept finding the line, and she's going to be a nice filly over, over further in time. Jake Bayless. Mashani Express? Yeah, she's done all right. She's had a massive preparation. She's had like six or seven runs and four trials. So she's been up a long time for a two-year-old filly for the first preparation. So she deserves a nice little break now. And yeah, she didn't disgrace herself. Ben and Ara, John Allen? Yeah, look, a little disappointing. Um, just always chasing. We were never comfortable and it just may have come to the end of his prep. Finest, Tommy Berry? Yeah, really nice run from the gate. Uh, winner was just too good for us today. But my bloke, he's going to keep improving. He'll be better again next prep. Spywire James McDonald. Oh, sorry, James. Spywire James McDonald. He was um, gallant in defeat. He made a good surge to them, but um, probably the way the track's playing, he just couldn't reel them in. Blake Sheen, Wolfgang. Uh, look, I think the horse might pull up with a little issue. He travelled good for the first part and put an awkward stride to 500, and our race was over from then. Arabian Summer, Harry Coffey. Uh, it was a good run. She tried very hard, a bit stiff not to get third. We just got shunted out of the way at the top of the straight. She's only small, but she tried hard and, and, and did a good job. Jason Collett, Ernest Cube. Yeah, Menon's probably cost her running third. Got that hit up early uh, over racing, but, you know, he's still there at the finish. Mashani Aloha, Ben Thompson. Yeah, brilliant run. Uh, she's held on to, or stuck on to run seventh, win grade in a field that looked to, obviously, only time will tell, but it seemed to ooze quality. So um, she's a nice filly going forward. They were the beaten jocks uh, from the Magic Millions two-year-old uh, classic. Now, a couple of texts here. A gator in relation to, I mentioned this to the Big Sports Breakfast team, obviously Dominic Byrne uh, put out a bit of a, a tweet uh, yesterday and it was in relation to Storm Boy saying that uh, Storm Boy destined to be champion two-year-old this season if he maintains yesterday's performance. The IWS computer rates him the highest Magic Millions two-year-old winner ever, topping Dance Hero. And then obviously we've had a few people texting this morning saying, well, is there any um, query to that because of the new track surface there at the Gold Coast. And I just sort of wanted a, a comment from you on that. Uh, do you look at that when you're looking at your data or different data compared to uh, now that it is a new track surface there, or is it uh, is it all all the same? Uh, no, it's not all the same. Um, 
I, I think that's the thing with our sport, isn't it? Um, two parts. One, there are so many variables to our great game. And two, there are many, many different ways to come to a result. You know, we've mentioned it before. Um, you know, the, an old colleague of ours, Lizzie Jelfs, doesn't do much form but finds a lot of winners just by looking at them. Um, others don't necessarily look at the, the data and trust their eye. And, and then there's the data. The, the probably a combination of all of those is probably the right way to go. But to answer your question, I think it's a, a new track. Um, it's, it's significant. So um, it is difficult. I think, um, look, it's, I don't think there's any more respected uh, ratings. Uh, people than Dominic Byrne and Mark Reed, who I happened to work with for a week and, and those sort of guys. Um, but for me, uh, I think what's more relevant when you have a new track and this sort of setup is relative times on the day um, because that's a, a better parallel, in my very, very humble opinion. So I'm looking not necessarily to Dance Hero. I'm looking at King of Sparta. Either way, um, it's, it's elite. <laughs> so, you know, I think one of us, we both took a different route but came to the same destination. Yeah. And, of course, King of Sparta, I know that there's a, a few Magic Millions wins in there, but we're talking about, a, you know, a horse that's had 27 starts, seven wins, and $3.2 million in prize money. So uh, it is an interesting point, and I guess time will tell, but uh, he's going to get the best chance, and fingers crossed, we get to see him right through at the autumn at his top uh, storm boy. Let's get to some callers here and uh, get involved with the program, 13.53.53. David's on the line. He wants to talk about storm boy. Good morning, David. Hi, boys. Look, um, I think he's the second second most exciting horse I've seen for this year coming, storm boy. But the key to what you just said is... What happened on what happened on the day, and it, I think if you go through history, I'd, I'd have to look at the record. It's quite rare the two-year-olds run faster than older horses. But the other key is that um, Stormboy carried fifty-seven, obviously, because they all did in the Magic Million. So did King of Sparta. If they were not a two-year-old, would never race an older horse. But if they were meeting sort of at weight for age, it would be carrying a, like forty-nine. You know, so it's probably carrying, compared to King of Sparta, it's probably carrying eight kilos more than it should if you're comparing the time, which makes it even even better. But I think it's all in the time. But, I mean, the impressive thing about the horse, it's actually more bred, you'd think, to win an AJC derby. Mm, he does have some really interesting breeding, uh, Maxie, when you look at him. And, I mean, Justify is it a very interesting song. Thanks for your call, David, because when he arrived here and... I think it's like anything. Um, obviously, we uh, we tend to, as Australians, uh, probably want to breed to, you know, your I'm Invincibles, your Schnitzels, and, and look to that path. And he was a new season sire, and there was a lot of money invested by Coolmore to get him to Australia. But he's now obviously got um, a top-level youngster over there in Europe, in city of Troy. Uh, he's got some very smart youngsters in America, naturally, and now this bloke down here. So, uh, Dad, doing good things. Yeah, well, the, the Triple Crown winner um, out over longer distances there in America from a fast-knit rock mare, Pelican. So it's got a wonderful pedigree. And when you look back at it now, that 460000 they paid for him is a bit of a bargain. Big colt, lovely big horse. And you would think, right, now who knows what he could extend to. You know, as a three-year-old, he could go around in a cox plate. Who knows? But... I think sort of looking at him and looking at that pedigree, G14, 1600 is perfect. And with his high cruising speed, 
um, and his toughness, yeah, perhaps uh, the best is yet to come over something a little bit further. That time of 1.8, Dave, as you say, um, you guys absolutely spot on times relevant on the day. And he did go slightly faster than King of Sparta. Um, I'm not sure whether they, you know, the ratings people just put that time in because that time would have blown up the computer, the 1.8. Um, I mentioned Capitalist on the old track. He ran 1.929, so one and a quarter seconds slower. So, but, but as you say, clearly relative uh, to the other 1,200-metre races on the day was a super performance. Mm. And one thing about him, and, and visually, and I know we're going to get to our next caller, Greg, in a moment, but one thing about him, Chris, is the manner in which he does it. Um, or whilst we're, you know, we, watching on television, it might be sexy to watch the uh, the horses with those quick turn of foot coming from the back of the pack, but he just continues to, uh, to, to roll through his gears uh, in a mm. real sort of interesting fashion. Yeah, and I think yeah. the other... Great story to come out of it, Chris, is, is Adam Hieronymus. You would have been following the story. He was, was on for a couple of years. And it was this time last year that he was actually based at Eagle Farm for a number of weeks, um, riding Gay's uh, and Adrian's Magic Millions horses track work. And then I remember him saying, well, I'm going back to Sydney. I'll ride a few trials. And then the comeback was imminent. And then he sort of fractured his shoulder, didn't he? And we... We didn't see him back riding until May after all those years, so eight months ago. And it's great to see him being rewarded for, for all of his hard work. And, gee, in his first season for a long time, he's doing a great job with 21 Metro winners in Sydney that places him around about eighth. And when you consider he doesn't ride under 56, I think um, he was a bit of an unsung hero there at the coast on Saturday. Oh, he's an invaluable asset for the um, Waterhouse Bot stable. He... He had a lot to do do with um, winning the flight stakes earlier in the in in the year with Tropical Squall. He, he basically said to Gay, "You should take this to the mile, and you'll be winning a Group One." And that that happened. And he's got a lot. He, he's become a he's become one of those jockeys that they listen to now. And you know they've got Timmy Clark and Adam there. Timmy can ride a bit lighter. Adam Adam's a bit heavier. And what he he's done is is, is remarkable. The comeback after a break, it, it's always hard to just get your touch back, and it takes a couple of months, but he's riding in the best form of his career, and I think the break has really wakened the hunger in him, and he he, he now rides rides at, the, at a top level, and he's getting towards that, that, that level, that top level of jockey, and um, notice, noticeable that Godolphin used him to win, to win the spring champion, too, on Tom Kidden, so it's, um, it's, it's a great redemption story for him. As for the track, having walked it uh, with Nevesh on on the weekend and last Saturday, there's there's a lot of grass on it, which is a, a key factor for Nevesh's tracks. And also now there's the cambers on the turn, so they are running faster time. They on that slow track, Maxi, the week before they they were running running close to class, to um, class records and track records. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot quicker track, and mm. that will factor in uh, once once they get a couple of uh, six months of data, it'll 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 bed in where where those times those rate. But you just got to look at your eye and say he spread eagled the field. There there were were some handy two year olds there, and um, he just he just has the perfect racing style. He sits on speed and then accelerates, and if you can accelerate from the front like he does. There's not many things that not many get run you down because you're running in times that that makes their their task impossible. Let's get to our next caller on the line, uh, Greg. G'day, Greg. 
Yeah, g'day, Dave. How are you going? Good, mate. Uh, what uh, What's on your mind, mate? Okay, I'd just like to get an opinion from the panel about some recent changes to the, the printed form guide in the Daily Telegraph. Hmm. So just with um, short form, meeting, sorry, form for short form, form, short form for meetings like the Gold Coast and Melbourne. If you look at a horse, say, in the Magic Millions in race eight, Storm Boy, it's won its last two races. But it says it, it doesn't list the horse that comes second. So it goes two and a half length win of five, then Storm Boy. Two and a half length win of six, Storm Boy. The form guide used to list the horse that came second. So that always gave you an idea if a horse had beat a, a good horse previously. And that change has come about in the last month. I was just wondering if there's any reason why that happened. I don't think there's any particular reason. Uh, obviously, it's a different paper to the one that uh, Chris works at with uh, you working for Nine and we're talking about news. Um, Chris, you would know in print media that it's getting smaller. Yeah, I'm not sure, quite sure. I haven't seen this change. I'll have a, I'll have a look now that's been brought to our attention. Like, um, we get all our, all our pages from Page Masters and um, there's a... There's a the forms provided to us about say that'd be the same for for the telegraph. So you you sort of um, just got to have a look at it. And I, I think everyone will be looking at that because that's probably you don't really want to, as you say, you want to know who ran second and in races particularly in that short form. If it's just that yeah. plot, plotted form, not the full form. It's just happened over the last month, so I just found it a bit strange. Okay, we'll keep it yeah. on it. Uh, we'll keep it on it, Greg. Because oh, uh, thanks for that. no dramas, mate. Um, because that uh, that is something that uh, you do notice uh, when I go to various tabs and venues across New South Wales. That uh, whilst we are all on our phones and uh, everybody's on their phone, uh, well, not everybody, but a lot of people are on their phone, either doing form, texting, um, betting, or they could be at the EBT. But um, you do see the papers um, still floating around. So it is something that I hope continues forever, but obviously, too, uh, that world is changing in print media. Uh, let's talk about the three-year-old uh, classic boys because we did touch on, obviously, Storm Boy, and I want to get your opinion on King of Sparta. Uh, not on uh, King of Sparta, sorry, on um, Abounding, who for Robert Heathcote and uh, Martin Harley, I might come to you here, Maxie, because Martin obviously was quite crook, had that bad fall. He's worked his way back, and uh, Robert Heathcote has a very, very good winner after, of course, we had this delayed start. Yeah, well, it, I think it was about an hour and a half. I think we were due to go at 4.20, and they were in the gates, and then we had that incident with Sydney Bowler, which was, for me, so disappointing because he's unbeaten in three starts, and he was one horse that I was really looking forward to seeing there on Saturday. So there are a couple of disappointments in the race. Chrysler or Soprano, I don't know whether they were affected in that they had to go back to the tie-up stalls, wait, go around again. Chrysler is a cold. But it w- was all about abounding. And I must admit, um, she's been one of my favourites, but I thought she was a bit of a risk at 1,400 in a high-pressure 1,400. But she is tough. Um, she's always in for the fight. Martin put her in the right spot there, and she managed to get up and score. And again, um, with Martin Harley from Ireland, he did a little bit of a stint in Hong Kong, in Melbourne, went back to Ireland and decided he, he'd like to make Queensland home. And he was going quite well until he, he had a nasty fall out of the barriers at Doombin around about, I think it was late December of last year, not long before the Magic Millions, where he was booked to ride Alpine Edge and 
and also Centrefire, and they both won their Magic Million, so it must have been tough for him. Um, but he's worked his way back, and I know he was just so delighted. You could see Ali interviewing him, coming back to scale there on a bound. He a beautiful filly with a lovely, baldy face, and it was just a, a great interview to watch. And his family were there, and just amazing what happened to him 12 months ago to Saturday. So I'm sure he would have had a good celebration with the family on Saturday night, Martin. What did you make of it, Gator? Abounding in the three-year-old guineas. Yeah, look, I think her great asset is her will to win. You know, she was that was on display at the start prior to that, and she took uh, the entire straight to wear them down. But uh, you could tell her appetite for the contest was um, exceptional. And uh, the more I watched that replay, I actually thought 1400 would really suit her. I take Maxie's point, but um, when they're taking time to wind up and keep coming, it's generally a good recipe. Um, fast pace, fast time theme for the day. Um, but certainly good time relative to uh, the Samana race on the day. So a lot to like. It looked an even race on paper, and, and it was, given you know the, uh, the eight-horse trifling beaten 1.7 lengths despite a fast speed. So, look, I don't think there's a lot of talent between a lot of them. Um, and, you know, the margins and back that up. But, and when that's the case, you know, so often that, that will-to-win aspect uh, takes you a long way. What about uh, the performance of abounding for you, Chris? Yeah, it was a, a good win. Uh, uh, sort of overshadowed a bit by the drama behind the barriers. There was, um, there was all sorts of things going on there. When they when they were in the tie-up stores, they were, and this goes back to the king casting a plate, which caused the initial delay. Um, there was a, a bunch of bottles. The bin for the bottles was behind the tie-up stores, and they they put all the bottles into a been and the king's just taken off and that's when it sprung its plate and then they couldn't get it back on so they sent it around to the barriers and they ended up having to take the plate off because it took a portion of its hoof off then you had um then you had sydney bowler in the barriers and you know we all saw what happened there was it was just in such an awkward position they had to take the barriers apart and um sedate him to get him out and fortunately he's okay and then abounding comes out and after all the drama and you know Gator can probably talk about this being an athlete better than most. If you've got a time when you're going to run and then you you, you have it put back by a significant amount of time, the um, the nervous energy probably played a factor in a lot of some of the poor performances. But she was really good, and she um, Martin Harley, um, Rob Heathcote said after the race, look, Martin said a month ago we don't need to run again after the gold edition. So um, Rob trusted him. He said he's he's not only a jockey, he's a horseman. Um, he said we just needed to, so we just gave her a, a week off and then brought her back into the stable. And you know, she raced that little bit fresh and she got the job done. So, well done to the team there. And um, now off to the All Star Mile with the um, with the invite you're getting Queensland. You're getting Queensland. Uh, just on uh, the couple of texts here on the text line, you can get involved. Oh four one nine seven six seven two seven two. We saw a story pop up last week at Magic Millions in relation to uh, Channel Seven, and they wanted uh, they had a bit of an idea about uh, AirPods or some form of technology behind the gates, not during a race, but just behind the gates, where I'm tipping that Bruce or Haim or someone could throw 
to a particular jockey and that jockey would uh, answer questions based on, I guess, how the horse is feeling, thoughts, going to the gates and whatnot. That plan was scrapped. Based on what we saw with the guineas, do we still... Do, how do the three of you feel about technology like that being brought into our sport? I might go back to you, Chris, first. Yeah, it's an interesting one, mainly because Channel 7 tried to do this on the day, on one of the biggest days of racing for for owners more than anything. Like, if you, you think you've got a horse running in a $3 million race, um, there's 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 all sorts of pressures going on around it. Now, if, if this is going to work, and it, it has worked in European golf and uh, on the PGA Tour as such, they trialled it in round one and two. So they didn't go out and say, we're going to do it Magic Millions Day and start it straight away. So do it on a Saturday in Sydney or, or Saturday in Melbourne, trial it, get the technology, get the get the jockeys used to the technology. And once the the people are comfortable with the technology and comfortable that it's not going to affect performance, then you can go to the bigger days. I know um, we all want to have whiz-bang things and we want to have, be more interactive, and we've seen that in football. We've seen interviews with players as they come off at half-time and things like that. They're coming off at half-time, they're going for a break. Here they should be focused on riding the best possible race and how they're going to get them out of the barriers. Um, I don't think it would have caused the drama. The dramas around the guineas were caused by the horses and things like that. And there probably wouldn't have been time to put earpods in and things like that then. And were, my understanding is they had trouble with the women and technology on, so that's why they called it off. But um, I think they've got to have buy-in from everyone in 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 the um, in racing. So I think they've got to, got to get it done let people know what's going on. They didn't do that very well this this time around, but I, I, I can see a place for it because, you know, it's great to hear from Rory McIlroy walking down the fairway for an earpod in while he's walking down. Like, at that point, but it's it's just got to be trialled at a, at a lower level before you start doing it on a $3 million race because the first time something goes wrong, they're going to point the finger at, at you, and if it goes wrong in a $3 million race, it magnifies the the problem. So I would think, I would hope we'd see it in Sydney in the next couple of weeks maybe and see how, how it goes or, or Melbourne. And um, then from there, we can find out whether, whether it's, um, whether everyone's comfortable with it. What about yourself, Gator? Does it, uh, is it of any interest to you? Oh, for sure. I think uh, there's always room for um, initiative uh, and new ideas and, and certainly at least uh, discussion over it. I mean, it came out on, on social and people just savaged it. It's like, at least listen to it. One bloke, I don't know who it was, um, I don't follow him, but came out and said, I haven't read the article, but here's my opinion on it. I mean, come on. You, at least have a, at least be an adult and have a discussion. You can, you can have, listen to other people's opinion. And Look, if we're trying to innovate the sport, I think we need to be open to new ideas. Uh, but that's what people do. I mean, at the local park here, they wanted to put lights up so kids could play sport. The locals complained. I mean, just... You know, we we just you just our we don't need our problems in this country are uh, pretty elite. What about yourself? The other thing with Gator, the other thing with Gator go, is that it 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 brings people people expect that now in that, in sport they expect to be yep. able to get that interaction and it's a way of getting interaction action that's um, from someone who's on the field like. I was speaking to a couple of people from Channel 7. I spoke to Richo on Saturday night, and he said, we're, we're talking to a bloke who's facing a 150-kilometre ball, and he's switching on and off, and 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 that works. But, you know, it's just about having, the, you know, that took 
three or four seasons, you've got to get the people comfortable who are going to be doing the talking and know the ones who are comfortable to talk. That's the, that's the, that's the thing. And as we saw with Drive to Survive, I don't think Ferrari and um, Mercedes didn't go in. Or Mercedes and Red Bull didn't go in in the first year. In the second year, they, they were the first thing you saw on the series. So, you know, as soon as you get one or two, two people show it, it works and they, they, they get a bit of credence out of it, it'll take off. But let's, let's, let's just try a lot of the lower level first. Uh, Maxi, a comment from you. Yeah, um, I think in an ideal world, it's the best thing ever. But uh, we're not dealing with sportsmen. We're dealing with, uh, well, jockeys, but they're riding these pumped-up racehorses, um, you know, uh, for million-dollar races. Um, is there a risk factor? Um, if you're an owner or a trainer, do you want your, your jockey 30 seconds before start sort of having a chat with someone? As I said, there's... there's um, uh, certainly, I'm a little bit like Chris. Let's just trial it on a lower level and see how it works. If it does work, great. But I'm always a little bit concerned about these jockeys riding these, you know, 500 kilo animals and how, um, you know, they're going to react to it. Okay. Very interesting. I must admit, boys, I'm sort of, uh, I sort of come and go from the idea. Uh, a part of me thinks, yep, it'd be great if I was sitting at home and how good we could cross behind the gates and, and talk to J-Mac, but a part of me also feels in that time of leaving the gate to the barrier, what are we talking? I mean, obviously you get some places that go late and are delayed, but we're not talking a huge amount of time. Uh, and at the moment, we've already got a schedule. I mean, we're, well, I know we're talking about Channel 7, but if this was to be trialled on Sky and, and incorporated into to coverage as well, there's only a limited amount of time, really, with all the other information that needs to be put out there. So... I know that J-Mac came out of Melbourne Radio last week and said he had other things on his mind and didn't really want to be talking to people. But then you've got people like Craig Williams, who was a supporter of the concept. I think you've hit the nail on the head, Chris, in relation to trialling it uh, at a lower-tier meeting and working the way through. I Also, too, I, I understand the, the technology chat, Chris, in relation to our sport, but um, are we relying on technology too much? And what I mean by that is we have a great sport and we've... Um, got people watching our game. We I watched the seven uh, telecast on the weekend because uh, I couldn't get near the the Sky coverage, so had to you know was watching seven. They actually unfortunately had to leave their coverage early because of news commitments and because there was a delay at the Gold Coast. But I must admit, I mean, I know they're always looking to improve, but that coverage from a neutral point of view, from a neutral punter who was just interested in watching the sport, I don't know what more they could do. Yeah, the thing is, the sport, our sport's becoming more insular. We talk to ourselves too much. And something like that's going to open it up to, you know, someone who might might just flicked on and go, oh, they're talking to a jockey behind the bar. And what's he said, you know? I think we, we've... Yeah, so are we, are, we, look... are we targeting someone to have a bet or are we targeting just someone who's not investing on our sport but we just want to hear... That's sort of the, the what what angle is it going to be? I think is you're it, targeting it... both, but you you you're you've got to you've got to broaden the audience, and that's what free to air TV does. Like if you, if you you're, let's face it, you're not going to be watching Sky Channel unless you're not unless you're completely engaged in the sport. Where you know on Channel Seven on a day like Magic Millions Day, people turn on to watch the race and things like that, and they they get an they they get a taste for the sport, and so it's a it's a drop point for the for the sport. So you know, it's a touch touch point for the sport. So if you can get 
out of that convert three or four people into to watching the next Saturday and the following Saturday. That's the that's what we what what the challenge for the sport is. Like I was on the Magic Millions on the weekend during the week, and when I first started going there, we didn't have any industry publications. Now we have three daily industry publications that talk to the industry and things like that. We're we're getting to a point where we're going away from having a what the wider community and you know people who bet they talk to people who bet mainly but if you you go out and go out for dinner so there's there there's there's often in the group there won't be that many punters um that's true that's true uh, i'd love to know too uh if they're if they're betting on other things or if it's just betting in general uh because then that's obviously a wider conversation let's talk about naval college uh, who was very impressive. Um, Gator smashes the clock in the January Cup. Could not believe, too, when we saw that info come through from Darren Flindell on the uh, on the socials, that uh, this is a record that stood for many, many years, 159.11 for 2,000 metres at Rose Hill. Yeah, it looked phenomenal, wasn't it? And uh, I know it was a fast day, sure, but um, you know the, the reality is that, that fast times you know, don't lie. I'm yet to see a uh, human... Uh, who runs fast time and not be fast. So I think it's the same sort of scenario for, for horses. Um, obviously, this horse, Naval College, is... Uh, I mark him going into the race as a really good second-level stayer, but he has the potential off that uh, to reach the top shelf, I think. Sure, he did it with 53 and, and a fast speed set up the quick time, but you still got to run it. And the margin was significant back to second. The reality is the second and third horses both also broke the track record. Um, and then they put a gap on the fourth horse, which was Luncey, who is no slouch, you know, and gives you a good guide onto where this horse could get to. What about uh, yourself, Maxie, watching from afar? Did you catch uh, Naval College? Uh, not really, but I do know know the horse quite well. He, he was due to run up here uh, two starts ago, but Annabelle elected to keep him in Sydney. He's obviously a, a very nice horse going forward. And uh, Chris, a comment on yeah, Naval well, College? His, his racing pattern's going to help him a lot, isn't it? He, he just jumps out, puts himself on speed, and then can accelerate off off a good speed. That um, Baby Rider just went out so hard in that race and that, you know, just dragged them along and broke them up a long way from home. On the fact that he had 53, well, that's what happens when you're coming through your grades. You get these opportunities with light weights. So um, got into the race, did the job, um, very well supported by punters, and, you know... Um, we'll we'll see see where 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 he goes from here. I'd say he's looking towards the autumn now. Whether Annabelle gives him a little break and sort of has to come back a little bit to to get the timing right for autumn, that'll be that'll be the interesting things. But he looks like he'll stretch longer, and the Sydney Cup might be where you go. And I'd say get pretty short in that market because he's still got to get in the race. He's still got to win a couple more races. I think the January Cup would probably have you at the bottom of the weight. So. You know, you still got to consider where where you're going to be and how you're going to get in there. And you have to win a couple of races probably to get into a Sydney Cup. But geez, if you can do that over two miles, it'll be 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 pretty hard to beat. What about uh, the performance, uh, gents, of Derry Grove in the Syndicate race there at the Gold Coast? Uh, Matt Dunn training there in Mwollumbah. Of course, uh, things didn't go to plan for this horse in the Kosciuszko. Uh, Nash. A really interesting one because I know Brodie Lloyd's been doing a lot of uh, work with this horse. He trialled the horse back on the 27th of December, but he could have stayed in Sydney, Nash, and uh, and had some good success probably at that Rose Hill meeting, but he went to the Gold Coast 
for two rides. He rode this horse and also the horse at Chris Lees' later in the day. And you get the feeling after the race that this is the reason why he was on the Gold Coast, Maxi. Yeah, I think the 1100 was perfect for him. Uh, from memory, he might have won his first race at Warwick Farm on a very heavy track. He has had a, an interrupted career. But uh, one day at Randwick there, when was that? That was uh, in a Class 2 highway. He looked like an open company horse. So he's had the good spell, returned, and they got the money with Nash up. Gator, I know you were cheering for the other fellow. I thought he was going to get the cash. Um, Hill of Abadi was railing up. And I think the key to Hill of Abadi, Gator, is the short trips and keeping him fresh out. He just missed out. The other horse just got him right on the line. Yeah, that's it. I think that's the right recipe for this horse. You're right. And and add to that, I mean, he was given an absolutely perfect ride and every possible chance. Um, you just don't get too many opportunities, do you? $26 in, but um, touched off right on the line. The winner's pretty handy. And uh, look what they did to the third. It was three legs to Golden Boom and three and a half or four legs nearly to Prince of Boom, who are, you know, they're group horses. So, um, look, a lot to like around the Quinella going forward when the setup's right. Yep. Chris? Yeah, Matt Dunn had a double there, and both have had five wins now, so they sit on the precipice of getting into a country championship, so I think that's where they could go to, both go to Lismore. Like, uh, both really good winners, and um, Nash um, just got the timing exactly right, and um, he was... he was. They've always had a wrap on this horse, and now they've finally got the result, and... You know, they're going to have to pick and choose carefully, but he'll, he, I think he'll go on and win maybe a black tight race or two. All right, we're going to take a quick break. At 9.46, you can give us a call on 13.53.53 if you want to be a part of the show. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Holiday like a VIP with Fly Centres First and business travel experts tailoring high-end holidays to suit your every need. Visit flightcentre.com.au to find out more. Sydney, Blakehurst, Breakdown, Princess Highway, northbound approaching King George's Road. Heavy track today. Who are you thinking? Mm, not vibing risky lettuce. Getting sinker vibes. Risky name. Feels risky. Yeah, right. Though, says on the Tab app she's firming. Ah. Don't just vibe it. Get expert tips and sky racing analysis in Tab's new race feed. Yeah, actually, I'm getting swimmer vibes. Going with her. Of course you are. Tab, we're on. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Introducing the 2023 World Performance Car of the Year. The Kia EV6 GT, 430 kilowatts of power and 740 newton metres of torque. With its unique Australian-tuned GT suspension and steering, the Kia EV6 exceeds all expectations. The Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever built. Kia, movement that inspires. Welcome back to the program. It's at 9.47 on Sky Sports Radio. We're going to take some calls on 13.53.53. Just a text on the text line here, Gator, about Union Army, who was a pretty good winner at Rose Hill on Saturday there for Gerald Ryan and Kira McAvoy. Yeah, agree. He's a really nice horse as well. And just shows you the line between carnival and off-season is pretty grey these days. And and we can always find an up-and-comer. I'd be surprised if this isn't a bottom-end competitive uh, stakes horse. A few little things to iron out, like you'd love to see him put himself in a race, but again, slow into stride, back off a solid speed. And 
um, the finale was uh, was uh, exceptional, you know, and beat Pirelli, who's no slouch, and um, some, some merit on the clock as well. So, but again, after reference, it was a pretty fast day, but shortened version, yes, likable horse. Uh, what about uh, the performance, not only of Union Army, Chris, but just before we get to this next caller, there's a text in the text line about uh, Testator Salins, who was very good in the last. Yeah, he, he he really found the line well. And Joe's taken a couple of runs just to get him into the right race, got him into the right race and got the job done. He'd put the right... Both horses have put their riding on the wall at their last start. Union Army, I think he just needed to run the start before he... He got to them about the 150 and then topped about the 100 and, you know, was beaten four-way photo. When the speed was on and he, he, he could sit back and let go like he can, that really played into his hands on the weekend. Good to see him get home for Gerald and Sterling, who had a double on the day. We've got Sean on the line uh, from Marimula, good part of New South Wales. G'day, Sean. Hey, mate. How you going? Very good. What's on your mind? Oh, I just thought that the... Uh... The, talking to the jockeys before the race, one jockey you definitely wouldn't want to talk to would be Craig Williams. Oh, as in, as in he'd be talking too much? Yeah, yeah, they'd have to delay the race for five minutes. They'd have to delay. Very good, yeah, Sean. Very good, very good. Uh, I look forward to more of your content later in the week. Keep it coming, <laughs> mate, uh, for 2024. You can only improve uh, now in terms well, of... Have you got another one for us? No? All right, drive safe. Um, There's a text on the text line here about Louisville as well. He finally put it all together, Gator, in Sydney. Yeah, another neat win. Um, He was an interesting one. He was uh, put into the race from a good draw, which was the difference. I think he just got lost last time. I know they had a plan, wide draw, go back, run home. He beat every all bar one. was Miracle Spin, who's no slouch. But this time, he was able to put him in the race and... Uh, he was under pressure a fair way from home, but he responded to that, hit the lead a, a fair way out and seemed to get a bit lost. I mean, he hadn't been there for a while, but um, but kept going strongly to the line. So there's definitely more wins in him uh, when he's able to be, as I say, put into the race. And uh, I'd love to see him accelerate a little uh, quicker. Um, I think that's that's a tool, something he needs in his little tool bag to go to the next level. And Maxie, uh, a comment from you from a text on the text line. Uh, can you ask Maxie about Too Darn Lizzie? who was very good in the debut two-year-old Phillies plate, of course, owned by Lord Webber, and straight at the front, and looks like she's got some speed. Yes, uh, she showed what she uh, was made of in a barrier trial at Warwick Farm. She'd only had the one trial, and she led from gate number six. Uh, Tim Clark gave her a bit of a squeeze, and there was a fair bit under the bonnet, so it was no surprise to see her get the money at her first start, although, if you're on her at the short price, she was under a lot of pressure. Uh, Ma Eustace, first start of Frobel's star, applied pressure to her. She was hanging a little bit, turning to Darn Lizzie. The other filly might have put her nose in front, uh, but she really picked up um, and found the line, as uh, Waterhouse bot runners do. And uh, it was a great day, wasn't it, for that stable? To, um, they're having a wonderful year. I know a long way behind Chris Waller at the moment, but Waterhouse spot have only had half the runners, and uh, strike rate looks pretty good. So they had three winners there on Saturday, and that was the first of them too. Darn Lizzie, she she looks um, a very talented filly in the making by a horse that was very popular at the sales in Too Darn Hot. What about our next callers? We'll go to uh, Robert from Borkham Hills. G'day, Robert. 
Yeah, g'day, fellas. I just wanted to, uh, I'm not sure if you've mentioned, but uh, Waterhouse Spot, still got a nice one back in the stables there, Shangri-La Express, too. They certainly do, don't they, Gator? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we see what uh, what that two-year-old can do um, into a second campaign. Obviously, there'd be some natural improvement furnishing with any young athlete, right? So that's going to be the making or breaking of that horse. But, um, you, you know, we know they can improve uh, significantly prep to prep uh, this age demographic. What about um, your thoughts on Shangri-La Express, Chris? Just a comment? Yeah, it went through... And won the Golden Gifts already in the Golden Slipper, so it's ticked that box already. I think um, Stormboy might just have to run one small time. I think it'll go to uh, uh, Todman to get there. They've got a great, great hand, haven't they? Got straight charge. I think he might be. He might get back for the for the the Slipper as well. So you know, I think you're going to be seeing plenty of Gay and Adrian on the TVs. They've had a marvelous season. I think they've almost got three million dollars in prize money from their two-year-olds already. And Dave, I really like the way. Yeah. yeah, guys, I really like the way Snowden's um, bodyguard trial the other day. I was actually hoping he'd come up here for the Magic Millions, but it looks like he's probably going to go to the Blue Diamond. But he looks a nice horse as well. You see where he's thirteen dollars for the slipper. Stormboy Dave, um, straight after the race on Saturday, I, I think Tad firmed him in. I know you might be able to clarify. It was like four fifty or something, and they six kept and, on. Yeah, six and a four fifty after the win. Ne- now 3.50 today, mm. so he's firmed up even further. And the race, of course, is still three months away, 23rd of March. So, yeah, people are all over him at this point. They want to be a part of it, don't they? Mark's on the line. G'day, Mark. Morning, Dave. Morning, boys. Uh, I've got a question for Gator. Did you happen to watch the second race at Murray Bridge on, on the weekend? A horse called In My Room, a Spirit of Boone Colt. No, I didn't see the race. Uh, I'll get back into the Adelaide form this week. Um, so okay. the short answer is no, but I'll certainly have a look, yeah. Okay, well, um, obviously, the Jollies are trying it. <clears throat> was meant to go to Hong Kong, but passed the, uh, failed the medical or the veterinary inspection to go over there to Price and Chapman uh, barn. And um, they won by six lengths and run similar time to the, um, the Open Handicap Race 3. Yeah, and I just thought first start in the race, six length, outside the leader, and just left them to be impressed. As Maxi likes foreign uh, X Factor horses, I think Maxi, have a look at this horse. It's certainly got X Factor, mate. Right, oh, okay. As soon as we get off here, I'll be having a look. By Spirit of Thanks, Boom. Mate. By Spirit of Boom, that one. So, yeah, and those price bloodstocks. So, that was Murray Bridge on the weekend, race two. What they run fifty eight forty for a thousand last six hundred thirty three eighty three right? We'll keep an eye on in my room there. A couple of texts as well here late on the text line. Uh, lead me on. What did we make of lead me on in the uh, the debut two year old um, Maxi? Yeah, just, yeah, just disappointed when the draw came out. He he drew the um, the absolute outside gate there over the thousand meters. Uh, but he did trial particularly well. He's by Brutal, uh, a gilding by Brutal. And at the coast back in late uh, December, um, he beat Heavenly Impact, who who ran second in that particular heat and ran second to him on Saturday in that two-year-old race. But, yeah, I was just a little concerned about where he'd get to, but he rode him positively, Michael Rod, got him up there nice and handy, although still very green. You can see him wobbling about in the straight, a little like his trial win. So I think there's still a fair bit 
to come from him. So Chris Anderson was delighted that he's got a nice two-year-old going forward. And he had a winner, um, an ex-Randwick horse uh, that won on the first day, that first race called Deniloquin. So um, Chris didn't have too many runners there during the carnival at the coast, but he, he got a couple of winners and a nice horse going forward in Lead Me On. Good stuff. Um, Chris, just a comment uh, before we wrap it up on, there's a bit of a, a news coming out of Victoria, I see, with the cash betting. Is this? Yeah, the the, um, the tab's not going to take cash betting. Out. I think it's what's happened is that um, I've, I quickly scanned the story last night, so I'm not completely over it, but what happened was someone was putting in lots, loads of cash, so if it is un, un... So you can't just go in and put sums into your into the EPTs like you'll need to put them through a machine and, and have some human interaction I think the the main thing to come from it it's you know we we always have these problems we hear about the ones in racing all the time we don't hear about the ones that um, might be um, going through other forms of gambling in pubs and clubs yeah, I'm just reading an article here uh, from the Financial Review. Tabco will be forced to stop accepting cash bets uh, at its Victorian terminals unless they are moved within five metres of a bar after the state regulator found the company uh, had not uh, prevented miners using them to gamble. So uh, there's a couple of texts on the text line about this. So um, the Victorian Gaming and Casino Control Commission said on Sunday that from this month, Tabco customers who wanted to place a bet through those terminals would need to go to the bar, prove they're older than 18, and be given a voucher. Okay. So they're not banning... Okay, so they're not banning cash betting. They're just saying you have to go to the bar to prove you're 18. So obviously that would be under certain... So, so I, would, I, would, I would think what would be happening is... So if you walk in with the Zimmer function. frame, if you walk in with the Zimmer frame, they're not going to ask for your ID. Fair income. So no, it's, it's, I think well, I think what it is yeah. is you know you can just feed money into the, into a machine. You, if no one's got any eyes on you, you it doesn't matter. You, you could be any age, could you? Like if you well, that's, that's just common like, sense. I, when, I think when you when you were when we were kids, we all sort of used to go up and get someone to have a bet for us at the tab, didn't you? I think that's just all common sense to move them into sight. I mean, you can't have any form of you can't have any form of in these days. You can't have any form of un. Um, unaccounted for betting activity doesn't matter whether it's a tab machine a poker machine or whatever it should be you know it, it should just be uh within sight um especially if there's you know people that are underage in there that's just common sense so again um i see a bit on social media about cash betting being banned and whatnot but the story doesn't look like it's that it just looks like it's been uh, there's been an issue and it needs to be sorted so um, that will play out as we see fit. Some horses to follow, gents, before we wrap up. What are we backing? Don't all, ju- <laughs> don't all jump in. Was it that bad um, of a weekend? Gator, what are we backing? All righty. Um, I sort of forgot about this. I'm a bit rusty. Uh, so, race. We'll go at Pirelli out of Sydney. Um, gave the winner Union Army, who we rate, uh, three and a half kilos, and he was only first up. It's a good return. Couple out of Flemington crossover kid. I think I'll make a decent uh, second level stayer. It was in race five, ran on strongly against a moderate tempo, and Captain Britain was the unlucky runner in race nine. Perhaps uh, a win in him soon as well. What about yourself, Maxie? Out of race four on Saturday, a horse called Viminelli. Um, I think third time lucky. He's two runs back have been absolute horror watches. Um, so he deserves a change of luck. He'll probably drop back to a class four or a class five. So. Out of Magic Midian's Day, race for Viminelli. And just quickly, 
Dave, um, honourable mention to King of Sparta, the shortest price favourite. He upheld his end of the bargain, I think, with a lot of people saying win multis on Saturday and he won. He was bet down to $1.55. It was a brilliant win and he's had three starts at the Gold Coast now at this meeting for the last three years and he's, he's won them all. So looking forward to him returning in 12 months' time. What about yourself, Chris? Um, a strange one there, Paul. Paul Snowden brought, said to me, he brought along the kids so they could see see them have a winner. And, the, and they said, he said, come along for this. This will be winning. So um, he was there being interviewed after the um, races and he forgot the name of one of the kids at a metal break. So, Paulie, just um, brush up on the kids' names. Um, from Saturday, I, I like Ty, Ty Kun, Quinn in the, um, in, the, in the highway. I thought it was a good lady. It got, it got out late and found the line. I think you can probably win a highway in the coming weeks and horses that come out of highways and run well usually continue along that pattern. And then I've got two for the country championships. I think every Gary Grove might might end up there. I think it's a it's a really nice horse on the way up and I think Gallant Star didn't have the best of luck in the straight. Again, it's it's on it's on path for the country championships and once again that race now a million dollars in the final, it's gonna draw together the best of of, of those progressive young um, lightly raced country horses and um, we can start doing a bit of form around it. I like it, gentlemen. Thank you very much for being a part of the first ever Punters Postmortem for 2024. Look forward to the coming weeks. I know that uh, we're going to have... Uh, well, I think Gator hit the nail on the head. We've got to carnivals pretty much starting... Uh, or feel like they're starting very, very soon. I know we've got a couple of weeks leading up, but uh, before you know it, there'll be big races in Sydney and Melbourne again, and we'll uh, we'll be trying to find a winner. Have a great Monday, gentlemen. Thank you, guys. Two meetings in New South Wales today, Dubbo and Musselbrook. We're going to preview next on HQ and Sky Sports Radio. You know the feeling when your mate's golf ball flies past yours? Or when you're on the green in regulation, but he holds it from the bunker? At Drummond Golf, we get it. That's why we have our lowest price guarantee. As Australia's biggest, you can count on our massive buying power for the lowest prices in golf. But if you do happen to find a lower advertised price, we'll beat it. The Drummond Golf lowest price guarantee. Unbeatable. Conditions apply. The very best of US racing seven days a week. Got runners on top of the world! He wins the Breeders' Cup Classic! Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. The weekend starts this Friday with Kia Friday Nights at Canterbury Park. Enjoy night racing, food markets and free kids entertainment. Plus enter our $10,000 cash giveaway. Kia Friday Night Racing at Canterbury Park. Entry is free. Don't miss the 2024 Big Sports Breakfast Lunch. We want to have a good time. An afternoon of food and refreshments, laughter, terrific company and a four-hour beverage package all at our new venue, Allianz Stadium. Come and join the BSB team plus our many special guests on Friday, March 15. You can purchase tables for 10 people or just individual seats. Away, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time. For more info, head to allianzstadium.com.au slash lunch and buy your tickets today. The Southern Hemisphere's best yearlings at Australia's holiday playground. The 2024 Magic Minions Gold Coast Yearling Sale. January 9 to 16. It's the number one sale for producing superstars. Graduates include recent spring carnival stars, Alligator Blood, Osmosis, Imperatrice Militarise and Hong Kong champion Golden 60. 
the Gold Coast Yearling Sale offers more opportunities to find more champions. See the catalogue at magicmillions.com.au. We've got to get rid of that. Uh, I just said that ad's old. We've got to get rid of that ad because the sales have just been on. They're nearly finished today, so we've got to get onto that. Uh, let's get to our preview coming up very, very soon on Sky Sports Radio. Need a forklift? Don't just get a forklift, get a Toyota forklift. Toyota is the world's number one forklift brand with a great range of pallet jacks, walkie stackers and reach forklifts right up to their leading Toyota counterbalance forklifts. Legendary reliability and safety with cleaner, greener electric options. Toyota can tailor the right forklift solution for you. It's all part of the Toyota forklift advantage. For more, visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au. Get a Toyota forklift. On Sky Sports Radio, you're listening to Racing HQ. Racing HQ. And now, a complete analysis of the form for today's major New South Wales race meetings. All right, uh, let's get to our meeting today at uh, Dubbo. Firstly, and Ben Walker is joining us on the line. Good morning, Ben. Hey, Dave. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. How's Dubbo this morning? Oh, where would you rather be? Um, beautiful. Uh, heading for a top of about 30 degrees today. Um, has been a little bit warm the last few days. We, we uh, The track was put up a, a soft five there yesterday. I had a chat to Sam Fitzgerald yesterday afternoon and um, he said we'll be in that four or five range. There could be an upgrade, but um, I, I've been doing my form based on, on, a, on a good surface, just maybe touching the five. Okay, perfect. Uh, the first race is over the 1100 and 220 here for Canny Prospect. Yeah, it's on the drift, the favourite. I've got six, two, seven, and 4. I've got Cheap Gas on top. Derek Piper trains this gelding. He's a three-year-old uh, by Santos. He's only had the one start. That was at Orange where he chased home uh, Divine Chops. He started a $19 chance that day and showed a lot of improvement from his uh, lead-up trial into uh, race day. Gets an extra 90 uh, metres today. And the way he was hitting the line there first up, uh, if he repeats that performance, I think he's going to be hard to beat. Uh, I've got Kenny Prospect in for second. Uh, it's had 15 goes, hasn't broken through yet, but has placed nine times, won over 40000 in prize money. Finished second at Taree last time out, beaten less than a length. Uh, before that was third at Tamworth, beaten about half a length. So um, rarely far away, but hasn't managed to crack it for a win yet. For third, uh, the seven, which is he's all style. It's had three runs for Paul Clisby. They've all had merit. Gets Clayton Gallagher on board today. And for fourth, I'll put in the four, which is Platinum Warrior from the Brett Robb stable, 6274. Okay. We go to uh, race number two on the card here. And your favourite at 160 is Choice Witness. Yeah, got it on top, Dave. 6, 12, 11, 8. Um, look, if you took the shorts there at Gilgandra on uh, the 30th of December, uh, you probably wouldn't be too keen to, to butter up again. It was $1.45 and was beaten uh, on that occasion. I think the key uh, to this filly is going to be uh, second up today, getting to a, a big track again. Um, steps from uh, the 1,000 up to the 1,100 metres. The way she was hitting the line there in the last sort of 100 metres at Gill, you'd suggest that uh, a, a step up in trip and, and, the, and the bigger surface today is going to be uh, to her advantage. Uh, Kobe Bittler rides, takes two kilos off, so only carries 54 and a half uh, from a good draw. So I think she's hard to beat. They've got the 12 in for second, uh, but the stablemate Verendi, trained by Cav as well, uh, Braith Knock takes the ride on this filly. She's only had one trial. That was back in April of, la- uh, of last year. Was well beaten in that trial and comes into today's race without a, a lead-up trial. So uh, always cautious of the camp. They can produce one. The same can be said for Peter Nesta. He trains the 11 Grand Oyster. 
only has a, a couple of horses in work these days, Pete, and when they come to the races, you've got to respect them. Had uh, trial back in August, was tipped out, trialled again at Gilgander on the 30th of December and now gets to the races. And for fourth, I'll put in the eight, which is Don't Tell Tara. Comes out of that same trial at Gilgander and wasn't far off Grand Oyster on that occasion. Uh, six, twelve, eleven, and 8. All right, uh, let's go to race number three. Uh, this one has over the 1,400, and we've got uh, Mindana here, 250 favourite. Yeah, well, it was, a, it was also going uh, accepted to run at, uh, at Musselbrook today and was scratched there in favour of coming here. Nick Haywood takes the ride, got it on top, one, four, five, and 8. Uh, the two runs since Matt Griffiths picked this horse up have been good at Mudgee and Scone, beaten 1.4 on each occasion. Uh, goes uh, up from the 1300 up to the 1400 today. Gets an inside draw, uh, and I think the you know the fact that Max coming here as opposed to going to Musselbrook where he had Aaron Bullock on uh, suggests that this was the better option. For second, I've got the four dancers with Hoobs trialled up. Had two good trials uh, leading into the debut performance at Tamworth on Christmas Eve. Was only beaten three lengths there. Uh, another one that I think will benefit getting to the 1400. Uh, the five free wheeler, another one of Cavs. Uh, he's had 16 goes, five minor placings. Hasn't broken through yet, but rarely he's far away in his races. And for fourth, I'll put in the eight, Sensei Jackie, uh, lying up for start 56 today. Hasn't won a race, of course, but has placed 12 times and, and just seems to be there and thereabouts most of the time. One, four, five, eight. Okay, we go to race number four, and your favourite here at 260 is the twelve. Yeah, that's a real another one of Cavs runners. I'm three nine twelve thirteen. I'm with Hallowed Star from the Clint London stable. I know he's got uh, a, a wide barrier to contend with. He's going to get back, but I, I think all three runs this time in have been uh, really good. Resumed over eleven hundred at Wellington. Was beaten by uh, Life's a Party there. Beaten four length. Then went to Narromine. Wasn't beaten far. Uh, Clint took him down to Wagga last time out. Got back in the field. Uh, came up the inside. Was only beaten sort of two and a quarter lengths there. I think getting out to 1,600 metres on the home deck today suits. He's had three goes at Dubbo for a win and a minor placing, so he, he does like racing at home. Uh, for second, the nine, which is Rothgate, trained by Brett Robb. I think he's going to like getting up to the 1,600 for the first time as well. Was a winner over 1,300. Uh, two runs back. The last run at Orange uh, there on the 28th of December uh, wasn't too bad behind Mike. Uh, the format of that race has stood up pretty well, so... I think Rothgate's a chance again today. The 12, Arell, uh, the favourite, uh, lightly raced filly uh, by press statement. Resumed over 1,300 metres and got the job done at Scone and now goes straight to 1,600 second up, uh, gets an inside draw. And for fourth, I've got the 13, which is uh, Mrs Bull, likely to go forward from an inside gate and uh, try and you know give them something to chase. Uh, 3, 9, 12, 13. All right, we go to race number five. Uh, this one at uh, 20 past four. And you've got uh, the Lundholm Stable with a favourite here. Yeah, Plenitude. Now, there's been some support for this gelding, of course. He won the Silver Goblet, the, the main two-year-old race at Dubbo back in June of last year. Beat Hellfire Express on that occasion. Um, resumes today at the scene of the crime at the Dubbo, at Dubbo over the 1,100 metres. Ronnie Simpson, uh, the birthday boy, takes the ride. Uh, and I think if he comes back in the kind of form he was in when he uh, went out for a break, he's going to be really hard to beat here. Uh, Destiny's Bounty, I think, is the danger. The top weight um, only won the one from 15, but really far away. Has won almost 80000 in prize money. Finished fourth at uh, Orange last time in that race behind Mike that I mentioned earlier before that. 
uh, was second at Narromine uh, behind Ruby Air over 1,100 metres. I think coming back to the 1,100 from the 1,290 last time will really suit Destiny's Bounty. Will Stanley claims a kilo and a half, which helps. For third, the five, which is Dan Seedy's Cameron Crockett uh, trains this man. She's only had two starts. She won on debut uh, at Scone over 900 back in January of last year. Uh, was tipped out after that. Had a run at, uh, at, at the home track. Uh, on the 19th of December, was beaten uh, on that occasion behind Tabata Set, but I think should be better second up. And for fourth, I'll put in uh, the 10, which is uh, Wasted Days from the Brett Robb stable. 4-1, 5 and 10. All right, uh, race six. Uh, impressive winner last start here, Divine Chops is favourite. Yeah, I think he'll get the job done again. Uh, Divine Chops, um, lightly, lightly raced three-year-old now um, by Invader. Clint London, of course, puts the, the polish on this bloke as well. He's had the two starts for a win and a minor. He actually started in the Wellington boot prelude at Canamble back in March, was a short price favourite there and uh, finished third. I think there were a couple of excuses. Uh, Clint didn't take any chances. He, he sent him out for a, a good break and he resumed in spectacular fashion at Orange there over 1,010 metres on the 28th, just went to the front and gave nothing else a chance. And uh, the raps are pretty high about this bloke. I think, you know, they, they think he's got a, a fair deal of ability. And if that's the case, he's going to be really hard to beat today. I've put uh, Simply Better in for second, the nine. Um, she comes out of uh, a race on the same day, uh, the 28th of December. They actually ran quicker. Uh, Steffi Magnetica was the winner on that occasion. Uh, Simply Better got way out of her ground, but nothing was hitting the line better than her in that race. Jake Crazy Holmes rode her that day. He st- sticks on board today. I think if there's a danger to Divine Chops, it's her. Uh, the top weight, keep on going, uh, rarely runs a bad race at Dubbo. Eight goes here for three wins, four minor placings. Trained on the track by Steve Edwards and gets a claim for Shaley Ingalls, first up from a break today, and for four for three, which is Apollo Star from the inform Brett Thompson camp. But I think we'll see a pretty handy one there, six nine one three. All right, uh, and uh, race number seven, the lucky last uh, to three ninety, Adele Sun. Yeah, difficult race to to close off, Dave. I've gone three one seven and eight. I'm with Dream Game, trained by Cecil Hodgson out at Canamble. Uh, it's had uh, three runs for the camp. They've all had merit. Um, last time out at Gilgandra was caught three and four wide the trip um, and, and battled on into sixth place, was only beaten three and a half lengths. Uh, that was over 1,200 metres. I think getting up to 1,400 today is probably going uh, to suit. Before that, went around behind uh, driving force in a good race at Canamble in a, in a 66. Um, so... I drops back to a 58 um, off off a couple of really good runs. I just thought it was $10 or so last time I saw her. I thought it was a bit of value. Uh, for second, the one Celtic Harp or Celtic Harp comes out of the Gilgandra Cup, beaten five lengths there by uh, Sea of Flames, drops back to 1,400 metres, which is a trip that he's won at twice previously. Uh, dropping grade gets a claim for Mitch Stapleford, so gets him pretty well at the weights. For third, uh, the seven pants on fire has a terrible draw, but... Uh, Dar Lund's camp's going really well and Pants on Fire is a very honest uh, performer. Um, rarely runs a bad race. And for fourth, a favourite, Adelson on the backup uh, for Cameron Crockett. Went around eight days ago and uh, run well uh, last time out there at Tamworth. So it has to be included. But went looking for a bit of value in the last, mate. Three, one, seven and eight. Quaddy and best, please, mate. Quaddy numbers. It's a, it's a tough one today. The first leg, I've got uh, three, nine, 12 and 13. Uh, second league, I've gone wider, 4, 1, 5, 10, and 9. In the third, I've shortened it up with uh, Divine uh, Chops. 
And I did throw Simply Better in as a bit of an insurance policy there. Uh, they were the only two, so six and nine in the third leg, uh, three, one, seven and eight in the last leg. Uh, best bet-wise, I thought Cheap Gas in race number one um, would be hard to beat. Uh, Divine Chops in race number six and, and Dream Game, the value in the last. Now, Ben, you know I love a stitch-up. Yeah. Mate, I, I, had to, I had a little chuckle last night uh, when I was scrolling through X or Twitter and I saw mm. a little tweet from yourself. He said, haven't watched a ball hit in the match, but looks like Novak is having a tough old time. Yeah. <laughs> How, what, what's doing? How did you know he was having a tough old time if you haven't watched a ball? Oh, I had the, um, I had the Australian Open app. Oh, you're just and, watching me. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was watching the cricket and, and keeping an eye on the tennis on, on the app because um, I, th- I, I thought Novak had just walk all over old mate, so I thought, oh, I'll watch the cricket. And um, and then I sort of just checked, and it was like, oh, geez, it's one set all. He's, he's in a bit of froth and bubble here, and he got the job done in the end. But um, just for, yeah, no, just for my entertainment today, just uh, at some point through the day, just pop up to the members area or whatnot, the bar, and then with Mick Wallace or who are you working with today, Mick Wallace? No, I'm I'm, I'm a pat today. Mick Mickey's on holiday. Oh well, just just go up to the bar or something, and then just say, look, I haven't seen any horses in the yard. <laughs> but I'm really keen on Divine Chops here. I think it'll just win. Haven't seen anything. Haven't even seen a race today. But I like it. I did like that. I had a little chuckle to myself last night. Well, when I, saw I, that. I might just, um, I might just see if I can set up at home and just That's provide, right. the, yeah. provide the mail from home today. One hundred percent. One hundred percent, mate. Enjoy Dubbo. Will do. Fantastic. So we'll have Ben Walker on the coverage today on Sky Thoroughbred Central. We are going to try and find Belinda Smith, who is on her way to Musselbrook. And uh, then we're going to have Brittany Graham with On The Pace. Her guest today, Brittany, Kerri-Ann Morris, Darren Binskin, and uh, Tom Ison. So uh, three guests coming up today on On The Pace. And we won't be too far away from Belinda. I think, in fact, she is there right now. G'day, Belinda. Oh, not there just yet. We do have at Musselbrook today. I'll get the all clear when she is 100% connected. We've got uh, today at Musselbrook seven races on the card and a good four and overcast Conditions. I think she's there now. G'day, Belinda. Hey, how are you, Dave? Not too bad, mate. Uh, you're off to Musselbrook today. How's the drive? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I'm getting it done anyway. I've had a big weekend. I'd come back to the Gold Coast yesterday. Went to give Hippo a cheer. and oh, It's been a good weekend, but straight back into it today at Musselbrook. Well, let's go find some winners because it's not cheap up there at uh, the Goldie. Uh, the first event is over 1,000 metres here. And... Uh, Dyes is your two forty favourite. I saw Damien Lane up at the Goldie. He was enjoying himself. Two forty favourite here. He's gotten the first. Probably just at the price. I've swung the way of Storm's End. Uh, she's had two runs back. I thought she was very good. First up at Scone in behind Satin and Silk, who's gone on to win again. And then at Gosford, she was probably disappointing at face value. But as the day played on, the fence really wasn't the place to be. And speaking to Scott Singleton post-race, she was under the impression she really didn't handle the warm conditions. So although she needs a bit of luck from the gauge, I think she can bounce back today. The three dies looks the likely danger. I thought the win was very good on debut. Showed abundant speed, found the front and proved tricky to run down with a 53 kilos on his back, uh, on her back, sorry. She steps up in grade to class one company and up five and a half kilos in weight. Obviously, Anna Roper doesn't claim any more in the country and that's probably the query and you're shopping the short odds about her, but obviously she looks to have ability. The snicks Six snips a roo. Uh, I thought the win was good. Two back at Gosford in that meeting. They got transferred from Scone. And the time he ran was probably far superior to Storm's End on that day. Uh, 
he's had one more run at Doombin where he was only plain, but I think he has ability. He's just still putting it all together and Bullock has the key to him. And the top weight, My Sweet Moses, is the, the interesting galloper. He's a former uh, former Victorian and the form last the form prior to arriving in the new yard in stronger grade was really good over the shorter trips. That maybe uh, maybe the further trips didn't suit him. Eight, three, six, and one. Okay, we go to race number two at Musselbrook today. This one at ten, 10 past two Sydney time and Custo here for uh, for Jonesy at two twenty five. You'll have to get him on and have a yarn uh, with uh, Jonesy. He's a he's a good man. This could be winning a lightning the way he tips him. <laughs> Yeah, I was say I him up at the Gold Coast too, but uh, yeah, he looks hard to beat Custo. He was only last start at Tamworth, and I just thought he was a little disappointing, but I've swung the way of Secret Spy. He comes here first up this afternoon, and I thought he was really good last preparation. I think they really found the key to him later in the prep where they bring him back to the shortest trips. Uh, he was a winner over the 1100 in a benchmark 64 prior to spelling, and that was ahead of the King, who's since come on to win two races. Comes here first up this afternoon with a with a nice trail under the belt where he won in good time, and from that inside gate, he should get a bit of a smother, and if he's exposed late, I think he'll be very hard to beat. The top weight outreach to Henry has been doing a good job this prep. May have found that the, the 1200 last started bridge too far, but prior to that, he'd been very good at Rose Hill beating two lengths and he won the Lightning at Tari prior to that. So from the inside, from a nice soft gate, he'll make his life right up on top of the speed and probably the only negative is the big weight. The three Custo, I think he's the horse with the most upside. He just didn't take the home bend very well at Tamworth last start and he's since seen a, a little bit of the form out of the race not really stand up so that's the query and I would have liked to see the track in the soft range for him but no doubt he has ability and the four Gigi guy comes out of the same race as Custo last start. Uh, Paddy's another horse that's had a few chances but has a nice record at the track. Six, one, three and four. Okay, we've got uh, now in race number three, this one at 2.45. Your favourite here, uh, Image of the Sun at one sixty. Yeah, uh, although really short now with the scratching of Medina, ability-wise, you'd have her clearly on top. Just going to need a bit of luck from the gate. I thought she was excellent on debut at Scone. Uh, she got back in the field from the wide gate and really rattled home nice. Uh, she stepped up to the 1450 with Grant, Grant Buckley aboard. He knows her. He rode her on debut. She looks very hard to beat. Probably the danger from mine is Jamesy. I thought the debut run wasn't too bad without a whole lot, a lot of luck. Was back three deep uh, and found the line okay. Uh, gets a set of blinkers up in trip from a soft gate. Will be better for the experience. The seven, Just Breathe, has had one run for the Sally Torrens yard and wasn't too bad last start here. Uh, from that inside gate, she get every conceivable and the senior jockey jumps aboard and the ladies Lux had one run back and... Uh, wasn't too bad at Kempsey, but from that soft gate with a set of blinkers on, I expected it to posse up closer and probably looks the best of the rest. Ten, six, seven, and one. All right, uh, let's go to race number four, and your favourite here is Zippo Idea, a dollar eighty. Yeah, I've gone six, one, four, and eight, and I'm really keen on Zippo Idea. I thought the not only the first up run ahead of, behind Tarabo was very good from back in the field, but the win here was really good. It probably didn't beat a whole lot, but it was just the way she'd done it. She had that tendency to step a little slow. She got back in the field. They walked. She circled, and she put them away really easy. 
And although the horse that she beat, probably the form last preparation didn't read over well, she seems to have come back better this preparation all through Rosie and since placed again at provincial grade. The danger for mine would be Rural Pente. has had three runs back and probably hasn't had the best of luck. He sets back from a 66 back to class one company. Probably the negative is he meets Zip ID four kilos worse off. The four, my Riviera was doing a good job on debut to win, settled in behind the speed and got the split and pulled pulled away for a nice win. Uh, Throws a crossover noseband up in trip today. So horses can be a little bit each way, especially chestnut mares can be a bit each way with the crossover going on, but I'm guessing it's not for no reason. And the eight white Arundel uh, had two runs back. I thought the first up run was really good. The first up behind Recap, who's since gone on to win again, and she really had a lot of improvement to come yard-wise on that occasion. She's had one more run where they didn't run along fast enough for her, so I think with a genuine tempo up front today, she'll run well. 6-1, 4 and 8. Okay. Race number five, and we've got uh, Rock Barton Fashion here as a 190 favourite. She looks hard to beat. She's had the three trials just to won this preparation. Bullock Road on that day, uh, she she jumped. She found, went straight to the front. And she's really only asked for effort the last 100 metres. And she's pulled away for a pretty good win in, in decent time. Uh, obviously, she gets the 56 and a half kilos this afternoon. So, Kristen Reese takes a ride, which is no loss. And from that soft gate, she looks very hard to beat. A top weight super story. He's had a few chances now, but he's never far away. And... But he was good too back uh, in behind Tarabo and finished ahead of Zippo Idea on that occasion. He's had one more run over the 900 where he was just run off his leg back up to the 1,000 today. He looks as though he's a likely danger. The th- three of the Bentley, now this is the money horse. Looking at the trials, uh, suggested to me that he may want a bit further, but I think he opened up around $51. And last time I looked, he was into nine. So I thought he was worth including in the quaddy. And the 11, Clan Dioro, uh, comes to the new yard between runs and was placed at provincial grade at Victoria last start. And the second horse has since come out to win. So although drawn a little sticky, maybe one to watch. Nine, one, three and 11. All right. Uh, we go to uh, race number six. Uh, Weezer, oh, sorry, no, race number seven, I should say. We have to oh, race, six. No, we're up to race six. Sorry, I've uh, gone one ahead today. here. Weezer <laughs> at 270. Yeah, I'm keen on her here today. Uh, clearly on top is just the gate you've got to worry about. And realistically, uh, she was only beaten a length and a half over this trip behind Tropical Squall last preparation, who's since come out to win a group one. Uh, she's had two runs back. She had a cardiac arrhythmia first up, so you can forgive that. And she had one more run where she was in the market and I thought she was okay. She just ran off her legs over the 1100 at Gosford. She steps up to the 1280, which looks much more suitable. She'll press forward from the gate. She's just going to need a little bit of luck early. The two etched in time looks a likely danger. Placed over this trip at provincial grade first up last preparation. Both trials have been okay. They took the gear off and rode him quiet in the most recent, so I'd expect him to take a sit and he'll be finding the line. The three blue eyes, uh, they've given this horse plenty of time. He's in a stern gelding out of the Chris Lee's yard. He's had the six trials, three this preparation. Uh, although he looks a little way off the finished product, uh, I think his trials have been good enough to run well here on debut. And the 11, Ranita, she's had plenty of chances, but both her best runs have been out this track this prep. One, two, three, and 11. All right, and the lucky last, race number seven on the card. Your favourite here at 390, hard to dismiss. 
Yeah, probably not a race I was overly keen on, to be honest, but I'm just hoping class would prevail with the top eight in the Oakfield Storm. Uh, I bet he's been probably really unlucky this preparation. Uh, he's had two, three runs back, and I thought he was good second up in behind Hellfire Express without a whole lot of luck, and it's since gone on to win at Canterbury, and he's had one more run at a 64 where at uh, on the Beaumont at Provincial Grade where he was a little slow away and probably a little outclassed, but he gets a big step back in grade to a 58 at the country today, and he gets his chance to win again. The three hard to dismiss are probably... The win record isn't overly inspiring. She's had 29 starts for the two wins, but she comes here second up for the new yard. The first start run was good without a whole lot of luck. If she'd drawn better, I would have put her on top. The four Napoli's had two runs back. They've both been good. And from back in the field, although the gate's sticky, he'll go back from there. It's probably just more how much tempo is up front. We'll need a good speed on to be finding the line. And the nine Chicanic, uh, unlucky throughout the preparation, but thought he had his chance to win last start in a benchmark 50 at Dubbo, but he looks the best of the rest. One, three, four, and nine. All right. So, quite and best, please, mate. Yeah, Quaddy, first leg, 614, second, 913, third, 123, and the fourth, 1349 for $108. I think a number of these horses look good things, but they're going to need a, a bit of luck from the gate. So I've just thrown in a couple more. And the best, probably the best at some kind of price, uh, would be Secret Spy in, at dates two, number six. Good stuff. Thanks so much, mate. Have a great day. Thanks, Steve. Bye. All right, there's uh, Belinda Smith. That's your preview of New South Wales Racing done and dusted at Dubbo and Musselbrook. We're going to take a break. We've got uh, On the Pace coming up next with Brittany Graham. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Homebush Mazda is open and celebrating with their first ever summer sale. Over 155 new Mazdas with deals across the range. Think Mazda, think Homebush Mazda. Sydney, Maryland's across M4, eastbound near Pitt Street. In the top right, heavy traffic on Church Street down to the right bridge due to flooding. North Narrabeen, Oxford Falls flooding. Wakehurst Parkway is closed in both directions. And Brisbane, sunny Bank Hills, a breakdown. Compton Road affecting westbound traffic. Don't miss the big-hitting action when Sydney Thunder take on the Melbourne Renegades at Sydney Showground Stadium this Wednesday, January 17. Presented by Sixth, search BBL tickets to book now. I'm Ian Wallace. That's traffic on Sky Sports Radio. Join us at the Sunshine Coast Turf Club on Saturday, January 27. It's a summer fiesta featuring a 10-race program highlighted by the listed coastline BMW Sunshine Coast Cup Families rejoice. Free kids entertainment. Create unforgettable fun under the glorious Queensland sun. Don't miss the Coastline BMW Sunshine Coast Cup. Book your tickets now by sctc.com.au. Heavy track today. Who are you thinking? Mm, not vibing risky letters. Getting sinker vibes. Risky name. Feels risky. Yeah, right. Though, says on the tab app she's firming. Ah. Don't just vibe it. Get expert tips and sky racing analysis in Tab's new race feed. Yeah, actually, I'm getting swimmer vibes. Down with her. Of course you are. Tab, we're on. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Wherever in the world you want to go racing, Ambassador Travel can take you there. Bucket list meetings like the Lexus Melbourne Cup Carnival or the Cox Plate. Iconic Australian meetings like Warnable in May or the Darwin Cup. Fabulous international meetings like Royal Ascot, the Irish Derby, Hong Kong's International Day or the New Zealand Derby. There's a tour to suit you. 
Book now to avoid disappointment and create a lifetime of memories. Call Ambassador Travel today on 07 or visit ambassadortravel.com.au. Sky Sports Radio, combined with Harness Racing New South Wales, brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Welcome into On The Pace on this Monday morning here on Sky Sports Radio. It's wonderful to have your company and over the next half an hour or so, we're really going to focus in on what's happening around the New South Wales harness racing scene. Brittany Graham with you for this week's edition while Michael Gearn is trying to find his next champion at the Magic Millions Sales Complex, of course, book two kicking off uh, today. But we're going to catch up with Kerry Ann Morris, also Darren Binskin and Tom Ison this morning. And we're going to cover plenty of territory right from Saturday night's Shepparton Cup meeting right through to tomorrow night's Tamworth card where uh, we're kicking off officially their Golden Guitar Festival with the Gold Nugget. Uh, by this time next week, the heats of the Golden Guitar will be staged. And next Friday night, Australia Day, will be their big Carnival of Cups meeting. The Golden Guitar, of course, and the Tamworth Cup uh, raising in the stakes and becoming part of that Carnival of Cups bonus scheme as well. So I'm sure that we're going to see probably the strongest fields that we have in many, many years converge on Tamworth. Let's kick things off with a review of what happened on the weekend. If you caught up with uh, On The Pace yesterday morning with Brennan Cramble, he uh, spoke with Jack Callaghan about the victories of both our Cosmic Major and also Mac Da Vinci. But there was also an eye on Shepparton on Saturday night with the running of their cup. We're only a few weeks out from the Hunter Cup and it was a really strong and even addition of the Shepparton pacing cup. Kerry Ann Morris, she went south with two of her stable stars and they both ran extremely well and really put themselves up for serious consideration into the Hunter Cup. She's our guest for On The Pace this morning. Good morning, Kerry ann How are you? Good morning, Brittany. I'm very good, thank you. So close there on Saturday night. You must have been thrilled with the performance of Kanina Provlima, but first things first, did you think you'd done enough to hang on? Uh, to be honest, when we went past the post, I thought I'd got beat, but um, it is a bit of a tricky angle there. But So we, we had to wait for the for the official number to come up. Gee, ran a bold race, though. You drove him really positively. He was able to cross early on, and then you were very keen to hang on the lead, onto the lead from there on out, and he gave a massive kick at the top of the straight. That was a career-best performance from him. Yeah, he's been racing really well. Like, his um, performance in Queensland over the inter-carnival um, just, you know, showed that he's, he's getting better um, racing against these faster horses. And when I got to the lead pretty easy um i thought oh, we might as well we might as well hold the lead and um and see what happens from there and you know we're really pleased with this um, run and we've pulled up great from it it must fill you with a little confidence now because we spoke with robbie on thursday and he mentioned that it's time that this horse has to step up and be a little more aggressively driven because he's quite often been known as a six sprinter but it's a nice option to have because so many of these races are run and won from the front end yeah, definitely. Um, as I said, I, I did expect a little bit more gate speed from the one and the two on Saturday night. But um, when we when we did get across them really easy, um, yeah, it was great to be able to drive him at the front end, and um, and and he went so close. So yeah, no, really happy. Must have been a bit of a relief as well because he threw in a real head scratcher in the Shirley Turnbull, the run prior, and nothing clearly came of that. But he's right back on track now, and I would assume you're pressing straight towards the Hunter Cup off the back of that. 
Um, yeah, we we actually changed our plans um, Saturday night after they raced so well, both of them. Um, they're going to head to Ballarat on Saturday night. Um, I've numbed them both for, for the Ballarat Cup. Um, and then, you know, I think if they race uh, well again there, I think they should, you know, have held their heads high enough to, to be contenders anyway. Just on Pete said so as well, he ran a really good third, burnt off the gate from a wide draw. That gate speed that he possesses is is a real asset and he was the first horse home off the pegs in what was a really solidly run last half. So, yeah, he has, hasn't disgraced himself at all either. In fact, he just keeps stepping up and he's proven now over the distance a little more. Yeah, they're, they're, both, they're both very similar horses, to be honest. And, you know, they're, they're no stars, but they, they definitely hold their own against these straight of horses and um you know if they get the right barrier draws and the, and the right runs they can they can definitely prove themselves yeah they're racing in super form both canina problema and pete said so you also had a successful night at home base caused a big upset in the opener with shades of heaven uh, getting up only a, a horse who's just always around the mark never too far away sneaks under the radar but speaking of career best performances that was one of his going fifty four for the twenty three hundred. He was super. Yeah, no, he's um he's definitely a horse that you know he's he's um earned his chance to race at Menangle and and you know the race was run to suit. They went a quick second quarter and kind of really brought him into the race and um yeah he was able to overcome them at the finish. I guess the lone disappointment of the night was Neptune. He finished down the line in the New Year's gift final. Was there a, an issue to come through that or was he just uh, not on his game on Saturday night? Um, yeah, me and Rob, we both kind of haven't really put our um, finger on it yet. Um, you know, he is a nice progressive horse going forward, but um, that's probably the fastest he's, he's had to, um, to, con- to contend with and... Um, you know, I, I don't know whether maybe it was a couple of runs too many. Um, and, and yeah, as I said, we'll go back to the drawing board and we'll, we'll see where we're at with him. We can hear you working away feverishly there in the background, but just on a few tomorrow at Menangle race number one, you've got Tedesco engaged here, a trotter having his second run for you. Made a mistake at his first effort, but uh, off the back of his New Zealand form and probably the trial in preparation for that, he's going to win a few races at Menangle. Wide draw tomorrow, but uh, can we expect a big pun, 10 metre handicap for him tomorrow, but can we expect a, a better performance from him? Yeah, I think so. Um, I was really wrapped with his trial. I didn't overpush him and just let him hit the line. And I thought his um, his trial was really good. He he had a few little um, shoe issues um, during his race last week. So I think we've mended them, and um, we should see his um, best performance. What about Red Harbour? Maybe it's as much a guess as anything else because he is a horse with ability but plenty of quirks, although he has been on his best behaviour in his last couple. Back to standing start conditions tomorrow, though. So uh, what can we expect from him on a pretty big class drop from Saturday night? Yeah, no, well, he, he is racing well, but um, he's kind of you've really got to um, have your heart in your mouth with him. Um, just hope that he does everything right and is on his best behaviour, but... When he does do everything right, he's, he's always there about. And real tin tin in race number four, what can you tell us about this horse, uh, now four-year-old? So uh, he's got a little bit of age on his side. He's clearly been given some time. He's had quite...
quite a few trials over the last 12 months or so, the most recent of them only last week where he was able to not be beaten all that far in 155. He has a nice draw, meets a, a field that uh, he's certainly going to, to have to, I guess, be tested in. There's a few horses that have come through some decent race and, of course, he's on debut. But what's your opinion of real Tintin? Um, yeah, he's um, he's been, you know, a slow progress with him, but Josh was really wrapped with his trial on um, on Wednesday, so he's he's ready to to step out, and hopefully, I think he'll um, he'll definitely get better with the racing underneath his belt. But yeah, he's um, he's a horse I think will get better with time. All right, real Tim Tim will watch with interest tomorrow. Appreciate your time this morning, Kerry, and best of luck tomorrow at Menangle and, of course, there on a Saturday night as well with uh, the Ballarat Pacing Cup. It's always a great race, and you've got two very much informed horses heading in that direction. Appreciate you making time for us. No worries. Thank you. Kerry and Morris joining us this morning in narrowest of defeats on Saturday evening in the Shepherd and Cup aboard Kanina Provlima. But both of those open class paces from the Lucky Lodge team are racing extra well. We'll take a quick breather here for On the Pace. And on the other side, Darren Binskin had a good night at the office at Menangle on Saturday night. He's got a team headed to that same track tomorrow. Ready for a start? It's Canberra's first million-dollar race day, and it's on March 10. Black Opal Stakes, and the field is set. The John McGrath Auto Group Black Opal Stakes Race Day, with a massive 10-race program, including four stakes races highlighted by the Group 3 Black Opal Stakes and listed Tab Canberra Cup. The Rappaho for the Tab Canberra Cup. Don't miss out on this great day with food vans, pop-ups, and live music. All-inclusive packages, memberships, and tickets available at thoroughbredpark.com.au. Hey, Todd Gurley here, catching all the Super Bowl action here at the Gold Coast Turf Club. Don't miss the Gold Coast's official Super Bowl viewing party in the Gold Coast Turf Club's Tab Auditorium, Feb 12. Book now. We're on. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9. Kia's all-electric seven-seat SUV. With an integrated panoramic display and premium relaxation mode. The Kia EV9 provides you with all the best luxury and comfort features. Book a test drive and experience the most groundbreaking Kia ever. Kia, movement that inspires. Welcome back to On The Pace on this Monday. Great to have you joining us. We just touched base with Kerry-Ann Morris and now we're going to continue our review of Saturday night and also look forward to tomorrow's Menangle card with Darren Binskin, a success at that Menangle card at Metropolitan level with Tuppence on Saturday evening, an ultra-consistent horse and he heads to Menangle tomorrow with a few nice chances as well. Good morning to you, DJ. How are you? Good morning, Britt, and yourself? Very well, thank you. A pretty good start to 2024. The 10 runners so far this year for a couple of wins, a couple of minor placings, so things seem to be ticking over nicely. Yes, I haven't got the best horses, but I purposely worked hard over Christmas, Brit, so we can have a good start to the new year and hopefully we get some new horses. It's paying dividends. What are the numbers like at the moment? There seems to be a few around you and nice, consistent types as well. You mentioned that they mightn't be of the highest quality, but they seem to just be running well week in, week out. Yeah, we just, when you've got horses of their calibre, Britt, I think it's better to pick them over every week and try to earn as much money for the uh, the owners and, and for, for myself. And I think we've tried to do that 
with those horses. I mean, I can't set them for any races because there's, there's nothing that they're probably capable of competing at a high level. So we just got to keep earning money and survive till the better ones come along. Tuppence has been a model of consistency and got that well-deserved victory on Saturday evening. He's never too far away. He's just that nice little sit-sprint type that's always hitting the line strongly. It looked a really even race there on Saturday night, and they rolled along at probably a, a fairly genuine tempo for that level of horse for the 2,300 metres, and he was too good. Yeah, well, my other horse, I thought he was brave, uh, Sheffield Sparky. Cameron drove him, he led, uh, and battled on good for third, but... Probably Tuppence's drop was a huge drop in grade uh, and probably was the likely winner as long as he could posse up close enough. You mentioned Sheffield Sparky as well. He's yet to win for your stable, but there's one not too far away. I don't think so. I think he's, he's getting better, Brett. He's a lovely horse. He's a beautiful horse over around the stables. He's such a pleasure to deal with. Uh, and he tries hard. He just may lack that high ability, but I think his race will come soon. Yeah, no doubt he led there on Saturday night over the 2300, which is not easy to do, and battled on strongly. So that's Tuppence and Sheffield Sparky, and I would assume they're both in the nominations for this Saturday night? Yes, yes. Tuppence will go back up and have to race Joe Nian, I guess. But um, Sparky will probably find a similar race uh, over a mile, which probably might suit him a little better. Yeah, speaking of, Joe and comes through race number four, and I thought ran another really good race. Speaking of strong times over the 2300, that was certainly the case, and he's chasing home a horse through a New Zealand Cup only a few months ago and a Shirley Turnbull winner. So he's racing really well. He's flying under the radar a little. I think you're right. He, he just needs a race where it's a genuine pace. They might have a little bit more speed at the end than him, but he'll keep trying hard. And if he, if he posits up, Probably in behind the leader, if he gets to run, he would have been second there Saturday night. His sectionals would have been good, and he's not that overly brilliantly fast, but he would have got home in a 26, three or four quarter, which you can't expect anymore. Yeah, we'll certainly continue to follow Joni and his racing extra well. You're off to Menangle tomorrow with a few runners, so I thought we could find out a little bit more about them this morning as well. Race number two, Valley Star goes around here in the second race. Standing start conditions has to overcome 20 metres in a, a decent-sized field, but uh, he's a real model of consistency, this guy, and I thought this might be a little drop in grade for him as well. Yeah, 20 metres, he just takes a little while to balance, but the 2300 definitely suits him. Uh, he'll be running on nice. He ran on nice his last start over a mile. It is a drop in grade for him. As long as he jumps well and gets up close, he, he'll be top three. He never seems to win, but he, he gets close all the time. That's in race number two. Across to race number three, and three-lined goes around here. The winner of just the one race from 22 career starts. He's only a, a relatively recent addition to your stable. He's certainly pretty consistent. He's had some nice draws to contend with, with which I'm sure would have helped. But he seems to be a horse who's going to get better with a little bit of age. Horrible draw there tomorrow. But uh, is he one we can continue to watch? I do, yeah. If he if he can't measure up at Menangle, probably taking to a country circuit like Penrith or whatever, and he's low enough grade if he could lead round there, I think he'd be hard to beat. His barrage was horrible tomorrow, but his last couple of runs, he's not far away. And if you if you look at horses went from that grade and run third, a horse called Halloween, run third the other night, and he, he beat him home the other day. So it's, it's, it's always leader biased, Menangle, but if the races run 
upside down, the back markers can get into it, and that, that's his only hope tomorrow. Okay, that's race number three, three line. We can maybe continue to watch him when he bobs up with a better barrier draw. Ace Lombo goes around in race number six. He provided you with a Quinella last Tuesday when he chased home. Watch me dazzle and he loomed for a moment there. I thought he was going to go pretty close, but that was a good enough run to suggest he's going to be really competitive again tomorrow. Where does he get to from the barrier draw, do you think? Yeah, he's not a horse that races up on pace, although he got a good run the other day. He seems to be better sat back and just come with one turn of speed. It seems a winnable race, I think, for him. As long as he gets the right trip in the run, uh, I think he'll improve from the other day. So I'm expecting him to be uh, up the top two or three. And speaking of Watch Me Dazzle, he goes around in the last tomorrow, again in this up to 60 grade, and he finds himself with a, a kind enough barrier draw as well. He was too good from the front last week. Did he surprise you, or had he been working towards that? No, the, to be honest, there was nothing between Ace Lombo and himself, and they were both going really good. It was just how the race was going to be run. If he had to do too much work, I thought Ace Lombo would beat him. But uh, as it turned out, uh, I laid and got my own way and, and was just held on to beat Ace Lombo. So there wasn't much between them. Their work was actually actually the same. Their heart rate was the same. It was just luck in running. Tomorrow, you've got Classic Mix up, I guess, who's a, a, probably a little bit of an unknown drawn to your inside. Had a couple of starts now for Jared Alch and has the courage in Aussie Sunshine. He's a, a go-forward type generally. Do we expect much of the same tomorrow? Uh, I think you have to, particularly if the weather comes in, gets a little bit wetter, there's no good being back. When it's wet, you've got to be on the front end at Menangle, so uh, more than likely we'll be going forward. All right. Well, a couple of probably tricky draws to contend with tomorrow, but the way that the horses are going, they should all be really competitive. Is that the bulk of your racing team? Is there something else in the stable that's coming along uh, that we can follow with interest outside of them or a horse that you're setting towards a, a particular time? What's one to follow from Darren Binskin's stable over the next few weeks? Britt, I've got no, no aces up me, so I'm just... Just preparing them. Cash and Ling just had a bit of time off. He had a, a little case of ringworm, so uh, he's a horse of the future, but uh, I just got to fix his ringworm and get him back on track. All right, well, we'll scribble down Cash and Bling to watch in the next few weeks and months. Appreciate your time this morning, Darren. Best of luck tomorrow at Menangle. I appreciate your time too, Britt. Thank you. Darren Binskin joining us this morning for On the Pace, and his team is definitely uh, going along quite nicely. Not huge on numbers, but they're all racing extra consistently. And, in fact, he's on the verge of a little bit of a milestone, DJ. He's up to 895 career training victories, so not too far off that uh, 900 win mark and as a driver he's recently ticked over a thousand victories so he's certainly uh, been entrenched in the game for a long time with a great deal of success and uh, pretty genuine in his assessment of the team's ability at the moment but they're all very very consistent and that horse that he mentioned passion bling is looking to get over a little setback but might be one to follow going forward we're going to take another break and on the other side we'll preview tomorrow night's tamworth card with tom ison Heavy track today. Who are you thinking? Mm, not vibing risky lettuce. Getting sinker vibes. Risky name. Feels risky. Yeah, right. Though, says on the tab app she's firming. Ah. Don't just vibe it. Get expert tips and sky racing analysis in Tab's new race feed. 
Yeah, actually, I'm getting swimmer vibes. Going with her. Of course you are. Tab. We're on. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Don't miss the 2024 Big Sports Breakfast Lunch. We want to have a good time. An afternoon of food and refreshments, laughter, terrific company and a four-hour beverage package all at our new venue, Allianz Stadium. Come and join the BSB team plus our many special guests on Friday, March 15. You can purchase tables for 10 people or just individual seats. Away, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time. For more info, head to allianzstadium.com.au slash lunch and buy your tickets today. Need a forklift? Don't just get a forklift, get a Toyota forklift. Toyota is the world's number one forklift brand with a great range of pallet jacks, walkie stackers and reach forklifts right up to their leading Toyota counterbalance forklifts. Legendary reliability and safety with cleaner, greener electric options, Toyota can tailor the right forklift solution for you. It's all part of the Toyota forklift advantage. For more, visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au. Get a Toyota forklift. Well, it's Tamworth Golden Guitar time and over the next fortnight or so, some really quality racehorses are going to descend on the Tamworth circuit and it all officially kicks off tomorrow night with the nine race card featuring the Gold Nugget. Many horses in the Gold Nugget are likely targeting that Golden Guitar series where heats are to be staged on Sunday and then that final to be run next Friday evening alongside the Tamworth Cup and several other co-features. A name that you're going to see very prevalent over the next two weeks is Tom Ison, and he's our uh, final guest of the morning here for On The Pace. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good morning, Brett. I'm good, thanks. How are you going? Very well, thank you. We haven't spoken for a little while, but things have got awfully busy in your neck of the woods. Your team, in terms of numbers, has really exploded. I think the last time we spoke on radio, you might have been setting up a place and getting yourself sort of sorted to to grow the training side of your business and grow you certainly have. What are the numbers like there at the moment? I think you've got 24 or 25 starters alone tomorrow night. Um, Yeah, no, the place is coming along good. Um, the numbers are pretty hectic at the moment. I think we're up to about 51 or two, I think. Um, but, yeah, there's plenty racing and there's lots going on, of course. Absolutely. It's a great time of year and I'm sure one that you look forward to each and every season. And this year we've got the Golden Guitar, the Cup as well there, and a few other co-features. In regards to the Golden Guitar with heats to be staged on Sunday, is there a couple from your team heading in that direction? Any horses of note that you've really targeted towards the series? Um, yeah, nothing was sort of really targeted. Um, just like we sort of kept the Metallica Man and Racing Paula there sort of around that right grade. And um, I've got another one that's come sort of the last month or so called Classic Major. He's going really well, so we'll wind him up at it as well. But I think that's about it. There's only the three. All right. Well, we'll wait and see those fields to come through of heats on uh, for Sunday. It's always a, a great series, big numbers. So I'm sure there'll be several heats there. Tomorrow night, as mentioned, you've got a massive team. So we won't spend too long on each race, but we certainly have to cover off on all of them and try and find a winner. Race number one, Top Gun Tilly and the very much in-form Ashley's Blue Chip. You're aboard Top Gun Tilly and Ashley's Blue Chip gets the claim to get into this race with your sister Emma aboard. Two ordinary barrier draws, but what's the best of those two? Um, I'd have to say the best would be Ashley's Blue Chip, the way she's going. She's just flying at the moment. But um, from out there, I think 
Lucy's probably going to find it a bit hard. She'll have to go back, and I think so will Tilly. I think we both, both have to go back, and we'll find it a bit hard there being over the mile. All right, that's the opener. Race number two, you've got three representatives, Country Major with the front row barrier, Den's Town and I'm Loki, who I'm sure would have both liked front row draws, particularly I'm Loki. But Country Major looks as though he could run a, a solid race here. Last time out was a little bit plain. Can we put our finger on what occurred? Um, no, he just he does that sometimes. He just, I don't know, he just puts in a, a terrible run every now and then and, I don't know, he pulls up fine and everything else, but it's, I think it's just him. He hasn't really showed like he does it all the time or anything, but when he when he does show up, he does well. But, yeah, hopefully the right horse shows up tomorrow and he should be probably the best chance of the day, I reckon. All right, a good push there for race two, number three, country major. Tinton Bar and Split Ear go around in race number three and they've both got good barrier draws? Yeah, they've, um, they've just come through winning their maidens. Um, probably got the right draw in that race on the lifetime wins and um, I think Tim got probably a good chance there, he'll probably lead again and he should run a good race Race number four, better keep rocking, Lydia Zard and Classic Major as you uh, mentioned a little earlier on is a horse that you're expecting to do uh, some good things with over the next few months, hasn't got a kind barrier draw though Classic Major but obviously a horse you have a little opinion of yeah, that's it, Brett. Um, I think being the 2,000-metre race there as well, that'll really help him. And hopefully there's a little bit of speed on there early and he can come home if he pulls out a good half like he did last week and hit the line as well as he did. And he should finish over the top of them, I think. Okay, that's race number four. Race number five is the feature. You're duly represented here with Racing Paula and Metallica Man. Firstly, on Racing Paula, second last time out, and she was quite unlucky as well. She was a real eye-catcher late coming from uh, well back. She's got a nice draw. Major do it and Sonic Express drawn to her inside. Where does she get to from gate three? Um, I'm not too sure. I think... I don't know sure about the gate speed about the one, but I know Paul's got pretty good speed, so we'll be using a looking to use her early and try and get across. Um, if not, then she she'll find cover there somewhere, and hopefully she puts in a good run. Metallica man, I'm sure he still remains the stable star. Of course, he was successful in last year's Tab Regional Championship Hunter final. He goes around there as well. He had a second-row draw first up. He's got a second-row draw again here. Hopefully, he's saving a, a front-row gate for maybe a heat or final of the Golden Guitar. But what did you make of his first-up run? Yeah, his first-up run was good, Britt. Um, he obviously, his third quarter was, I think it was 27-8 himself. So, um, he obviously needed it about the 200-300 there. He got a little bit tired, but he's come through that really good and his work this week's been super. So, hopefully, he's um, on song and... We'll get the right trip tomorrow and he should be thereabouts. What can you tell us about Naughty and Heaven? She's only had a few starts for you, but I'm sure that you're looking for more from her tomorrow night. She's again got the ace draw. Can we expect any sort of improvement? Yeah, 100%. She was really unlucky her last start, got caught behind one that tailed out. Um, her run before that was terrible. She was first up for a long time, but and, um, she is a bit of a funny little thing and Probably still holding a lot of weight, so hopefully she improves off the last couple of starts and she should be thereabouts tomorrow. 
And then we move across to race number seven, Lollipop and Rock Ruby Rock. They're both drawn well, gates one and two. Who do you think has the edge out of those two runners? Um, I really like this Rock Ruby Rock. We got her out of Melbourne, didn't pay much for her. And um, her run at Dubbo was good. She hit the line nice. And, yeah, I think I'm not sure about gate speed out wide there, but hopefully she gets leaders back or... Or one one there somewhere and gets a nice trip and she should finish well. Okay, Rock Ruby Rock, a good hope there in race number seven. Now, I don't know how the logistics of this are going to go. You've got eight runners in race number eight, eight of the ten. I'm sure it's going to be a hectic half an hour or so. We will, of course won't go through all of them, but what's your best hope in race eight? Um, well, see Mark and Van Niekerk have been going really well. Um, they're probably going to get the right run there. They won't be too far back. Um, they've come home really good, um, but hopefully Caesar's Rockstar's the one. He can, I don't know, I'll press forward there with him, and hopefully if he finds the top, I think he'll take some running down. But hopefully the other ones, we get it easy enough that they don't catch us, I guess. So, yeah, good luck to us. <laughs> <laughs> Race number eight with eight runners there. Quite, uh, it's going to be quite a hectic time, I'm sure of that. And in the final race, our Sammy J goes around here. She's a 37 start maiden, so she's still looking to get that win on the board. And she's been well beaten of late. She's had uh, a fair bit of racing though, so fitness shouldn't be a concern. Can we expect an improvement from her, or is tomorrow night's race not quite the right one? Uh, it's not quite the right one either, Brett, but, you know, she's probably put in five good runs for us and the other 20 have been below par, but, um, you know, if the right one turns up, she can probably, probably earn money, but, I don't know, she's a funny little thing and she'll win a maiden eventually, but I don't think tomorrow is it. An extremely busy night tomorrow night for you and your stable, and it's going to be a very busy fortnight or so. You mentioned Country Major early on as a horse that you're quite keen on. Is he the best chance of your stable? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to go past eight in one race. I think one of them would have to be a good chance. But, um, yeah, I think Country Major or um, Hinton Bar is probably a good chance as well, but hopefully one of them get up. All right, that's race two, number three, Country Major, and race three, number one, Tinton Bar, on tomorrow night's nine-race card out of ten. With best of luck, Tom, really appreciate you taking time for us uh, this morning. I'm sure it's a little hectic out there today getting all these horses sorted for tomorrow night. But good luck there and also across the carnival. No worries. Thanks, Brett. Thanks for the time. Tom Ison joining us this morning. He was able to register his biggest career success to date last year when Metallica Man won the Tab Regional Championships Hunter Final and his team has really exploded over the last few months in particular, now working upwards of 50 horses and they all race around that Tamworth, Newcastle region. But if you watch a Tamworth race meeting at the moment, you'll see that Ison name very, very prevalent and that will be no different tomorrow night with those nine races. No racing today in New South Wales, but we've previewed both Menangle and Tamworth tomorrow and we're looking forward to this weekend already uh, where the feature at Menangle on Saturday night is a mayor's event. So we'll start to see a few of the better mares start to roll out. A little different preparation for many of them towards the Queen Elizabeth II mile. This year, of course, it's been pushed back a couple of months, not part of the Carnival of Miracles, but we'll have that feature card of racing with the Oaks and the Queen Elizabeth II mile. Also, the trotting mares feature all uh, in a couple 
couple of months' time from now, but still that Adore Me Stakes is going to be an intriguing one on Saturday evening, and we should have those fields through for Menangle uh, a little later this afternoon. Thanks for joining us for On The Pace this morning. I'll be back aboard on Wednesday from 10.30 as we look forward to Bathurst Card on Wednesday night.